Hello everyone and welcome to the week 13 waiver wire show. My name is Dylan Bird here once again on the Sports Bird podcast and we are coming down the home stretch of the fantasy football season. Only a few weeks left. If you're missing the playoffs, you may only have one week left. You may only have two weeks left. If you are making the playoffs, you got a few weeks left to get your waiver wire claims in, improve your team right before you head to the playoffs. I know some leagues, they shut down waivers at certain times, but a lot of te- a lot of leagues, they just go with the waivers all the way through through the playoffs. So we are going to keep this waiver wire show going through week 16, and we're at week 13 approaching right here. Going to get into a lot today, going through all 32 teams, talking about injuries on each, talking about waiver wire ads on each. If you haven't seen this video yet, that's what we do every single week, every single Tuesday. In addition, just before we get started here, if you're new to this channel, also just wanted to let you know that on Fridays, we do college football betting picks, and also on Fridays, I have a video over on Sal Vetri's YouTube channel that is NFL Player Props, so if you love that, be sure to check those things out. And also just wanted to let you know, be sure to smash the like button on this video, and be sure to subscribe to this channel if you aren't already. It really, really helps me out, especially for a new channel like me. It goes a long way, and be sure to throw a comment in there as well, talking about your favorite waiver wire ads for this week. And if you aren't already, you could follow me on Twitter, at sports underscore bird. Now let's get started. So starting out with the AFC East, like we normally do, we start out with my favorite team, the New York Jets. We had quarterback Sam Darnold returning from injury in Week 12. Now the Jets' offense has been a lot worse with Sam Darnold this year than Joe Flacco, and it continued that way against the Miami Dolphins in Week 12. Darnold completed 16 of his 27 passes for 197 yards, had no touchdowns and two interceptions. We also had running back LaMichael Pirine, the rookie out of Florida, missing Week 12 with a knee injury. He is on IR, so he'll miss the next couple of weeks as well. And as a result, 37-year-old running back Frank Gore is filling in. He is the starting running back, and he's pretty much getting all the touches in New York. 18 carries for 74 yards rushing, 3 for 12 receiving. In deep leagues, believe it or not, in 2020, Frank Gore may be a semi-decent fantasy option. Obviously, this is if you're very desperate at running back and you kind of just need, you know, 8 points, 10 points, then maybe you throw Gore in and hope that he just scores a touchdown and gets a little bit higher than that. But look, Frank Gore is a viable option to own in 2020, and that's absolutely wild, especially for these next two weeks with Michael Piron being out and on the IR. Also, just want to highlight two wide receivers that did well this week and have been playing pretty well the last few weeks. We had wide receiver Brashad Perriman, four receptions for 79 yards on eight targets, which was tied for the team lead. 29.6% of the target share. That was tied for the team lead with rookie wide receiver from Baylor. Denzel Mims also had four catches for 67 yards on eight targets. Once again, tied for the team lead, 29.6% of the target share. Perryman and Mims have looked pretty good the last two weeks. Perryman is just a little bit higher owned than Mims. He's around coming in around 20% across all leagues. Mims is coming in around 5%. So again, these guys, you're not trying to invest in the Jets offense if, you know, for upside, but these two guys, if you are desperate in deep leagues, these could be potential waiver wire ads down the stretch of the season. More so Perryman than Mims, probably. But Perryman was doing really, really well with Joe Flacco at quarterback. Now that Darnold's there, I'm thinking that the entire team is going to take a little bit of a hit on offense. 
Uh, I mean, there have been so many games, it feels like, where they've scored three points when Sam Darnold is the quarterback. Now, I am the biggest Sam Darnold believer, but the reality is, is that under head coach Adam Gase and in New York, it's just not going to happen for Darnold. We're going to have to see what happens when he goes to another team with another coach. Now, moving on to the Miami Dolphins, we had quarterback to Atagavailoa, the rookie, missing week 12 with a thumb injury. As a result, Ryan Fitzpatrick stepped in. Fitz wasn't that great in this game, but... It looks like Tua will be back very, very soon, as soon as next week. So not much really to say there. But we, what we will talk about here is the running back situation. We had running back Miles Gaskin misses week 12 with a knee injury. Running back Salvin Ahmed misses week 12 with a shoulder injury. And as a result, we had DeAndre Washington, who started the year with Kansas City and was traded to Miami midseason, getting the getting the most amount of snaps. He had 47.1% of the snaps, 13 for 49 rushing, 2 for 11 receiving. Matt Breida, 33.8% of the snaps, 8 for 36 rushing, 2 for 17 receiving. And then the rookie, Lynn Bowden, 22.1% of the snaps, and he didn't have a single touch the entire game. Matt Breida, talk about a guy who I thought was going to break out this year and beat Miami starting running back all year. Can't even get on the field that much when all these running backs are out but luckily for the Miami Dolphins and luckily for fantasy owners at least one of Gaskin and or Ahmed will be back probably next week so once one of those guys are back you don't really have to worry too much about this running back situation I assume if Gaskin is back he will be the primary guy if Ahmed is there and not Gaskin Ahmed will be the primary guy as well now moving on to the New England Patriots we have the running back snapshot which we've been talking about all year Rex Burkhead went down with a season-ending injury last week and as a result we had Damian Harris getting 64.7 percent of the snaps 14 for 47 rushing, and then James White, whose role will increase a ton with Rex Burkhead on IR for the rest of the season, 5 for 18 rushing and 2 touchdowns, 1 for minus 1 receiving. He also had a bunch of catches last week, which he didn't have this week, but I assume that going forward, White will play a much, much bigger role, and White is still less than 50% owned across all leagues. So White could be a legit waiver wire option, especially if you're playing in PPR leagues. I know he only had one catch in this game, but last week he had a lot more. I believe it was around eight that he had last week. So White, I do expect his fantasy value to go up for these last few weeks of the fantasy football season. And then wide receiver Jacoby Myers, who we have been keeping an eye on, really looks like the number one wide receiver in New England. Five for 52 on six targets. The Patriots can't really throw the football. I mean, Cam Newton has not looked good passing at all since he's came back from COVID-19. And it's pretty much continued that way. So Jacoby Myers just wanted to keep a tab on him here, but not much else to say with New England. Now going to the Buffalo Bills, another thing we have talked about for a while, the running back snap share between Zach Moss, the rookie from Utah, and Devin Singletary. Moss getting 60.3% of the snaps. Now we've seen this multiple times in a row now where Moss is getting more snaps than Singletary. He goes for 9 for 59 rushing, 2 for 9 receiving, and then Devin Singletary with only 39.7% of the snaps, but actually had a better day, 11 for 82 rushing, and 3 for 20 receiving. Now moving on from the AFC East to the AFC North. We have the game between the Ravens and the Steelers that was originally scheduled for Thanksgiving and then was pushed back to Tuesday and now pushed back to Wednesday due to a COVID-19 outbreak in Baltimore and partially also in Pittsburgh. Tons of players testing positive on the Ravens. We know we have James Conner as an example who tested positive in Pittsburgh. 
as well. So this game was now moved to Wednesday at 340. It will count for Week 12 in fantasy matchups, so I know that a lot of matchups are still coming down to that. Now, I don't have much to say because the game hasn't been played, but I do know that we will get J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram back for that game since it got pushed for to Wednesday. We will not have James Conner for that game because he just recently tested positive. As a result, Benny Snell, if Conner is out for potentially Week 13 as well, Benny Snell could be a good waiver wire option. I originally said Gus Edwards was going to be a great option for Baltimore, but with Dobbins and Ingram back, there's really no point in adding Gus Edwards now. But looking at Pittsburgh, Benny Snell may be that great option if Connor remains out for Week 13. But moving to the Cincinnati Bengals, we have running back Joe Mixon. Missed Week 12 with a foot injury and placed on IR previously last week. He will be out until at least Week 14. And as a result, I've been saying this for a few weeks now, we have running back Gio Bernard, 75.6% of the snaps, 8 for 32 rushing, 2 for 17 receiving. And another big injury that happened in Cincy last week, the much bigger injury, was Joe Burrow going down for the season with a torn ACL, torn MCL, and as a result, quarterback Brandon Allen is the new starter, went 17 for 29, passing 136 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. If you have Cincy wide receivers, I am sorry. T. Higgins did have a good game. He had around 5 for 45 and a touchdown, but Tyler Boyd only three catches for like 15 yards. So clearly, like what happened in Dallas earlier in the season, these wide receivers for Cincy who were having such great years, Boyd and Higgins, their numbers are going to unfortunately tank the rest of the season. Just brutal to see in Cincy. Now moving to the Cleveland Browns, we have the running back snapshot. We had Nick Chubb grabbing 60.9% of the snaps and going off once again, 19 for 144 and a touchdown rushing, 3 for 32 receiving at Kareem Hunt, who got 42.2% of the snaps, 10 for 62 rushing. Not much else to talk about in Cleveland. As we've said previously, the passing game is pretty much non-existent there. And even without Odell Beckham, nothing significant has happened. Jarvis Landry did have a pretty huge week for Cleveland, but he's already owned in most leagues. And looking at the wide receivers two and three, Rashard Higgins, Kadaral Hodge, none of those guys have been fantasy significant thus far. Now we're going to move on here to the AFC South. Now in the AFC South, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars, the only team that is threatening my New York Jets for that number one pick. I really need Jacksonville to win a game down the stretch. Now the Jaguars do play Chicago at home in a few weeks, so I'm really holding out hope that they could get that second win there, pretty much locking the Jets up for Trevor Lawrence. So hoping that happens, but Jacksonville loses another close game, loses by two points to Cleveland. We had quarterback Gardner Minshew, who once again missed the game with a thumb injury. Quarterback Mike Glennon, not Jake Luden, played this one, 20 for 35 passing, 235 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions. So he actually didn't have a bad game at all for Jacksonville. Also wide receiver DJ Chark missed week 12 with a rib injury. That didn't help things, but wide receiver LaVisca Chenault, the rookie, returned from a hamstring injury, three for 31 receiving on four targets. Not much else to talk about with Jacksonville. I mean, they've been pretty inept other than James Robinson in terms of fantasy this year and, you know, DJ Chark to some extent also, but not much to talk about with Jacksonville, just not a very good team this year at all. Now moving to Indy, the Colts, we have running back Jonathan Taylor who missed week 12 being on the COVID list. So the running back snapshot as a result, we had Naheem Hines grabbing 65.7% of the snaps, 10 for 29 rushing, 8 for 66 receiving on 10 targets, which was a team leading 23.8% of the share. Then we had Jordan Wilkins grabbing 34.3% of the snaps, 6 for 22 rushing, 3 for 35 receiving. Now, another guy that we've been talking about in the past, Michael Pittman, the rookie wide receiver on the Colts. He's been playing really, really well since he came back from injury, but 
he only had two catches for 28 yards in this game against the Titans, but he did have nine targets, so not a high catch rate there, but he still was getting a ton of targets, 21.4% of the target share. So Michael Pittman is just another name to keep an eye on. I know he's been added a lot throughout the past few weeks, but he is a really, really good option going forward. Now, we'll have to see what happens with Jonathan Taylor, but obviously, while Taylor is out, Hines will be a viable option as well. Hines, obviously, the more snaps he gets, the more catches he's going to get. And in PPR leagues, that's just so, so valuable from a guy like Hines who could be bringing in eight catches, six catches, 10 catches for you. So keep an eye on the COVID situation with Jonathan Taylor. Now moving on to the Tennessee Titans. The only thing I have up there for the Titans, I had this last week, wide receiver Corey Davis, pretty much the only waiver wire-esque guy that we're going to talk about on Tennessee at this point. Three catches for 70 yards on three targets. He's still available in nearly half a league. This guy's pretty consistent. He's He's been getting 10 points a week at least. Pretty much almost every single week in PPR leagues, he's 10 or over. So if you do need a reliable option uh, and Corey Davis is still available in your league, he is not a bad option to pick up as well. Now moving to the Houston Texans where we had some huge news that broke on Monday night. Wide receiver Will Fuller, a top five fantasy receiver in some formats this year will be out for the season due to a suspension. He was caught with a performance-enhancing drug that was banned by the NFL, and as a result, he, spent, he suspended six games, so he'll be suspended the final five games this year and the first game next year. Now, he is a free agent. There is a chance that he will never play another game with the Texans again if he doesn't re-sign. Now, moving on from Will Fuller, we also have running back David Johnson, who missed Week 12 once again with that concussion. He was on IR, eligible to return in Week 13. We'll have to monitor that situation to see if he does. Wide receiver Randall Cobb, also missed week 12 with a toe injury and is likely to be out for an extended period of time. So with this Will Fuller, Randall Cobb situation, Brandon Cooks is slotted in as your number one wide receiver in Houston with wide receiver Kiki Kute taking over as the number two receiver in Houston with Fuller and Cobb out. He had two catches for 17 yards on three targets at the Lions on Thanksgiving. Now, if you're keeping tabs on that running back situation with David Johnson being out, you had Duke Johnson grab nine carries for 37 yards, also three receptions for 43 yards and a touchdown receiving. So Duke Johnson, he's been an okay option with David Johnson out. Uh, but once David Johnson's out, Duke Johnson will be pretty much out of the picture. But a guy I really do want you to focus on is Kiki Kute in deep leagues could be an option, especially with Watson just balling out lately. Kute is going to be a beneficiary of Fuller and Cobb being out. Kenny Stills also released during the week. So this wide receiver room is really, really wide open leaving the opportunity for Kute. Now, looking at the AFC West, the only thing I have to talk about with the Chiefs in terms of the waiver wire, in terms of injuries, is wide receiver Sammy Watkins returns from that calf and hamstring injury that he's been dealing with for a while, comes back and grabs four catches for 38 yards, receiving on seven targets. So Watkins, really the only name that had to do with injuries, but the Chiefs went absolutely off this week. Watching Mahomes to Tyree Kill, Tyree Kill grabbing 269 yards and three touchdowns, one of the best wide receiving performances I have ever seen in all my years watching the NFL. So props to the Chiefs. They're just so much fun to watch, and I have no doubt that they will be back in the Super Bowl this year. Now moving on to the Los Angeles Chargers, we had running back Austin Eckler, who finally returned from that hamstring injury, first game since week four, and he got 73.4% of the snaps, 14 for 44 rushing, but then 11 catches for 85 yards receiving on 16 targets. 16 targets for a running back. That's why Austin Eckler is so valuable in PPR leagues, and that's why it's so helpful to Eckler owners that he is finally back 31.4% of the target share. Look, if Eckler's having this kind of production at running back, catching passes, I mean, good for fantasy owners with Eckler because 
it's going to be a big rest of the season for him in all likelihood. I mean, the Chargers, even though they haven't been winning games, the offense has looked pretty good with Justin Herbert. So I do expect Eckler to have a very, very good rest of the season. Now, moving on to the Raiders, one thing to monitor is that running back Josh Jacobs left the game with a sprained ankle. It's unknown if he'll play in week 13. He said he's confident he could play, but we know what happens with these type of injuries. He'll be questionable all week. I don't. I think it is a possibility that he could miss the game against the Jets in Week 13, and if that is the case, even 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 if it's unknown at the time that waivers go through, that he may or may not play. Running back Devontae Booker should be a top pickup this week, especially for Jacobs owners. Booker has actually played really really well in limited snaps in the in the backup role for Josh Jacobs this year, and I think Booker will have a pretty big day against the Jets if. Josh Jacobs is at. The Raiders are a team that love to run the football, so Booker will be a beneficiary if Josh Jacobs is out. Booker will definitely be a viable option, so be sure to pick him up, especially if you are a Josh Jacobs owner. Now moving on to the Broncos, who had one of the most unique circumstances we've ever seen. Due to COVID protocols, all the quarterbacks were out, and we had wide receiver from the practice squad, Kendall Hinton, who took over a quarterback, the former backup quarterback of Wake Forest, comes in here off the practice squad, completes only one pass. But look, what he did was pretty impressive. I mean, I I know he didn't put up any actual stats, but for him to just come with no notice, basically no plays drawn up the night before, coming and play quarterback, I mean, that's pretty crazy. That's all I have to say. It just shows how hard it is to be an NFL quarterback, that you could be a former backup quarterback in a Power 5 school and only manage to complete one pass in an NFL game. I mean, it's hard to play quarterback in the NFL. Simple as that. That's why it's so hard to find one. There's just very few out there that could actually do it. Now, moving on here, talking about Philip Lindsay. He also left Week 12 with a knee injury. But the running back snap share, we had Melvin Gordon, 81.4%, 12 carries for 31 yards rushing. Philip Lindsay, 32.6%, 9 for 20 rushing before he went out with that injury. And Royce Freeman, 30.2%. 8 for 50 rushing. So the Denver Broncos, they pretty much just ran all game. And as a result, these guys got a bunch of carries. Now moving on to the NFC East, nothing to report for the Dallas Cowboys in terms of injuries, in terms of the waiver wire. They looked absolutely horrendous on Thanksgiving, getting blown out to Washington 41 to 16. What an absolute disaster for Dallas. Don't have anything to say about them. It's going to be a pretty rough rest of the year for them in all likelihood especially they come they came off a win at Minnesota everyone thought you know what maybe the Cowboys could kind of fight if Dalton plays decently like he did last week nope they looked absolutely horrible on Thanksgiving what an absolute disaster for the Cowboys now moving on to the New York Giants your NFC East leaders the New York Giants Quarterback Daniel Jones left week 12 with a hamstring injury. So brutal for a team that is kind of catching fire on this three-game winning streak. As a result, quarterback Colt McCoy came in. The backup, 6-4-10 passing, 31 yards, replacing Daniel Jones. Now, it looks like Jones will probably miss this game coming up in week 13 against Seattle. Now, if you're the Giants, you probably want to sit Daniel Jones out in Seattle if you're going to sit him. You don't want to rush him back. And at Seattle, let's be realistic, the Giants are probably not going to win that game anyway. So give Daniel Jones some rest. The experienced backup, Colt McCoy, will handle that. But, you know, other than talking about the quarterback situation here, we have running back Wayne Gallman, who has six touchdowns in his last five games, had 24 carries for 94 yards and a touchdown rushing, three for minus three receiving on five targets. He's still less than 60% owned in fantasy league. So if you need a running back, Wayne Gallman could be your guy if he's still available in your league. Now, tight end Evan Ingram, just thought I'd give him a shout out because he's had a pretty rough season in terms of drops 
and he had six catches for 129 yards receiving on nine targets, 24.3% of the target share. So good game for Evan Ingram. He likely will not do that again with Colt McCoy, a quarterback, but we'll see if Daniel Jones could possibly get back for this week 13 game, even though I don't think there's a chance of that and hopefully be back for the week 14 game. Now, moving on to the Washington football team, We've been talking about the running back snap share all year. I told you this was going to be a big Gibson day in my NFL prop video because if Washington is keeping the game close, especially against a bad defense like this, they're going to give Antonio Gibson the ball, and that's exactly what they did. 66.7% of the snaps for Gibson, 20 carries for 115 yards and three touchdowns, five for 21 receiving on seven targets, 29.2% of the target share. J.D. McKissick, 39.4% of the snaps, one for six rushing, two for 21 receiving, and Peyton Barber, 25.8% of the snaps, 11 for 57 rushing. Now, also worth mentioning, tight end Logan Thomas, who could be a pickup and plug-in option at tight end, four for 20 and one receiving. So he had a touchdown in this game, four targets. So he's still less than 25% owned in fantasy league. So if you do have to pick up a guy at tight end, Logan Thomas potentially could be an option going forward. Now, moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles, who just played in the Monday Night Football game against the Seattle Seahawks and lost. Carson Wentz looks absolutely brutal. Like, he he's completely broken. Like, this guy was unbelievable just a few years ago, and he seems to have completely lost it. But one bright spot, tight end Dallas Goddard, who did miss a big chunk of time during the year with an injury. He had seven catches for 75 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets, which was a team-leading 23.8% of the target share. So, again, Dallas Goddard, he's owned in most leagues, but if he's somehow available in your league, Dallas Goddard will be a top 8 to 10 tight end for sure for the rest of the season. Now, moving on to the NFC North, not a ton to talk about in this division. There hasn't been a ton to talk about in this division for a while, but we had tight end Robert Tanyan, a guy who played great at the beginning of the year, has kind of slowed up in the middle of the year. He had a very, very nice game against the Chicago Bears on Sunday night. Five receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown on five targets. So he's another guy along with Logan Thomas that if you need to pick up a tight end for a week, he could be potentially your guy. Now wide receiver Alan Lazard, who did miss plenty of time during the middle of the year with that core muscle injury. He's back and had four catches for 23 yards and a touchdown on six targets. So Lazard, just a guy to flag and watch out for the next couple of weeks now moving to the Chicago Bears they put in Mitchell Trubisky this week to start over Nick Foles he kind of kick-started the offense a little bit but the turnovers weren't good at all 26 for 46 and 242 yards passing three touchdowns two interceptions this Bears offense not good at all but it was nice to see Allen Robinson have a nice day get Allen Robinson all the way out of Chicago because this guy needs a real QB if you are not familiar with Allen Robinson's quarterback situation he played with Matt McGloin and Christian Hackenberg at Penn State now Hackenberg was good the one year that he did play with him but in the NFL Robinson has had Chad Henney Bortles he's had Trubisky he's had Foles I mean this guy has just never had a good quarterback if Allen Robinson had a good quarterback this guy has top five wide receiver potential. So I'm hoping that Allen Robinson, who's an upcoming free agent, makes a good decision with the next team he signs with and signs with a team with a very good quarterback. He very much deserves it. Moving on to the Minnesota Vikings, Adam Thielen missed week 12 because he's on the COVID list. As a result, Justin Jefferson had a pretty big week. He had two touchdowns. Not much else to talk about in Minnesota, but moving on to the Detroit Lions, who just fired their head coach, Matt Patricia, after their poor performance on Thanksgiving. Wide receiver Kenny Galladay missed Week 12 with a hip injury once again. Running back DeAndre Swift missed Week 12 as well with concussion. As a result, the running back snapshot, we had Carrion Johnson grabbing 47.4% of the snaps, 11 for 46 rushing, 
four for 52 receiving on four targets. And Adrian Peterson, 26.3% of the snaps, 15 for 55 and two touchdowns rushing. So hilarious just to see these running backs that are so, so old. We got Gore on the Jets. We got Adrian Peterson on the Lions. And these guys are still going strong. I mean, especially Adrian Peterson scoring two touchdowns. So good for AP. Now moving on to the NFC South. Two divisions left here to talk about. We have the running back snapshot, which you've been paying attention to forever. Leonard Fournette grabbing 54.5% of the snaps, 3 for 10 rushing, 3 for 10 receiving. Ronald Jones, in my opinion, clearly the superior back to Leonard Fournette, not getting the snaps he deserves, but 9 for 66 rushing, 1 for 37 receiving, and a touchdown. So that was a that was probably one of the best touchdowns of the week, if not the best touchdown. If you didn't see that, go and look that up, because Ronald Jones had a great touchdown against the Kansas City Chiefs. It was very, very impressive. He just looks like he's a better running back than Leonard Fournette at this stage of his career. So I know that he's had fumble problems. I know he's had drop problems, but Fournette has had his drop problems also. Just play Ronald Jones more. That's all I ask of you, Bruce Arians. He is better than Leonard Fournette at this stage of both their careers. But moving to the Atlanta Falcons, we have running back Todd Gurley, who missed week 12 with a nagging knee injury. Now, we know he has knee problems, so he was out this week. And as a result, the RB snap share, we had Brian Hill grabbing 47.2% of the snaps, 13 carries for 55 yards rushing. Ido Smith, 37.5% of the snaps, 12 for 65, and a touchdown rushing, 4 for 10 receiving on 5 targets. Not sure what to really think here. It kind of seems like Hill and Ido are pretty much split right down the middle, which is not good for fantasy, obviously. Now we'll see if Todd Gurley comes back in Week 13. Now moving on to the New Orleans Saints, we have quarterback Drew Brees, who's on IR with the fractured ribs. Missed Week 12 again, and Taysom Hill started. Taysom Hill... He can't really throw the ball. I mean, 9 for 16, passing 78 yards and 0 touchdowns, 1 interception. But he could rush. He's a very good runner. 10 carries for 44 yards, rushing 2 touchdowns as well. So second straight week that he's at 2 rushing touchdowns while playing quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see if they play Taysom Hill once again in Week 13. I assume that since they went 2-0 with Taysom Hill at quarterback, they'll stick with him for Week 13. I would like to see Jamison, but we'll see what happens there. It's probably going to be Hill. I mean, that's just the reality. Sean Payton does love Taysom Hill, so it probably will be that. But moving to Carolina, the Panthers, we have running back Christian McCaffrey, who missed week 12 with a shoulder injury. Quarterback Teddy Bridgewater did return from his injury. And wide receiver DJ Moore left week 12 with an ankle injury, and it didn't look great at all. So we'll have to see what happens with DJ Moore. But the running back snap share filling in for Christian McCaffrey. We had Mike Davis grabbing 57.8% of the snaps, 15 for 55 rushing, 3 for 24 receiving on 6 targets. Rodney Smith, 23.4% of the snaps, 7 for 18 rushing. Now, Mike Davis has not been the same as he was the first time Christian McCaffrey got hurt. So, look, he only got 57.8% of the snaps here, and he's not producing that much. It's truthfully a question whether or not you could start him at this point. If you do have better options, I would consider them if McCaffrey misses Week 13 once again. Mike Davis is not a guaranteed starter anymore with Christian McCaffrey out in fantasy football he's just not I mean he's not putting up the numbers he did at the beginning of the year for whatever reason they're not using him as much at all moving on to the NFC West the only division that we haven't talked about so far we have running back Chris Carson who finally returned from that foot injury eight for 41 and a touchdown rushing two for 18 receiving now Carlos Hyde ended up getting 15 carries in this game but I have a feeling that just because it's Chris Carson's first game back they decided they were going to give Hyde a lot of carries as well and limit Carson We'll see what happens with that going forward. I'm not worried about Carson's touches at all, though. Now, moving to the Arizona Cardinals, just always monitoring that running back snap share. We had Kenny and Drake at 58.6% of the snaps, 22 for 78 and 2 rushing, 
3 for 15 receiving, and Chase Edmonds, 41.4% of the snaps, 6 for 29 rushing, 4 for 14 receiving. Now moving to the San Francisco 49ers, a team that has been pretty stacked in terms of injuries, in terms of waiver moves, all year for me. And we got another full screen for them once again. We got quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo missed week 12 with an ankle injury. Wide receiver Brandon Ayuk missed week 12 because of the COVID list. And running back Raheem Mostert returned from his ankle injury. He's been banged up all year. As a result, the running back snap share, Raheem Mostert getting 40% of the snaps, 16 for 43 and a touchdown rushing, two catches for zero yards receiving. Jeff Wilson Jr., 34.3% of the snaps, 12 for 43 rushing. And Jarek McKinnon, 25.7% of the snaps, 3 for 21 rushing and 2 for 11 receiving. So I have a feeling, again, like the situation in Seattle, that Kyle Shanahan did not want to put all the stress on Raheem Mostert, so he did split up his carries with Jeff Wilson. I'm not too worried about Mostert going forward. Now, one last thing I want to talk about with the San Francisco 49ers, we had wide receiver Debo Samuel catch 11 passes for 133 yards on 13 targets. He's only 61.1% owned in fantasy leagues. I don't know how Debo Samuel is this low owned. I think that once he was all banged up, everyone just started dropping him with the backup quarterback situation. Everyone's like, well, Debo's not going to be that good. Debo is a talented, talented wide receiver. I have him in multiple leagues, and I never let go of him. You shouldn't have either. And if he is somehow still available in your league, be sure to pick up Debo Samuel because he could be a PPR gem for the rest of the season. He's definitely one of my top waiver wire pickups this week. Debo Samuel, I mean, his yards after the catch are absolutely ridiculous. If you were watching Red Zone, if you were watching the game, Debo Samuel seems to be making every single play out there. He is going to be a really, really good option for the rest of the season, especially with the San Francisco 49ers in the playoff race once again. Now, moving to the Los Angeles Rams, all, all, all these teams, they got the running back situations that were like, oh, we don't really know what's going on. But again, the Rams here, running back snap share, Malcolm Brown, 41% of the snaps, but only three carries for four yards rushing, two catches for 15 yards receiving. We have Daryl Henderson, who seems to have been the guy all year, but that's been limited the last few weeks. 10 carries for 19 yards rushing, and Cam Akers, the rookie out of Florida State. I wish they'd give this guy more carries because he is damn good. Nine carries for 84 yards and a touchdown rushing. Akers is only 27.9% owned in all fantasy leagues. He's worthy of a pickup should his production increase. I think it's possible that his production could increase. So I would say that if you're in a deep league and you're in, in need of a Hail Mary type running back, go for Cam Akers because if his performance this week catapults him in, you know, McVay's running back rankings on this team and he ends up getting, let's say, 40 to 50% of the snaps like ha like Daryl Henderson was getting towards the middle of this year, then Cam Akers could put up some really, really decent numbers. So I would advise you to add Cam Akers if he's available and if you need a running back in a deeper league. And that's a wrap for the Week 13 Waiver Wire Show. Once again, my name is Dylan Bird here on the Sports Bird Podcast and just wanted to remind you before I head out, be sure to like this video. It really helps me out. Be sure to subscribe to this channel if you aren't already. And be sure to leave a comment on who is your favorite waiver wire pickup this week. Also, be sure to follow me on Twitter at sports underscore bird. And if you really enjoyed this, I have my college football betting picks coming on Friday. I also have an NFL player prop show over on Sal Vetri's YouTube channel on Friday as well. So be sure to check those out. Goodbye, everyone. And good luck with your waiver wire bids this week.